This is Digital Marketing Fastlane. This podcast will show you how to build, launch, grow, and scale a widely successful online business. Listen to real conversations with proven practical strategies and success stories. You're going to learn how to generate more traffic, more sales, more profit, and customer lifetime value for your online store. Coming to you from the online marketing experts at Boy Media, here's your host, Kevin Urrutia. Hey everyone, this is Digital Marketing Fastlane. We have a really exciting guest today. If you're interested in marketing tech or just e-commerce in general, we're going to be talking a lot about that. He's the founder of Live Recover, an SMS card abandonment app on Shopify. His name is Dennis Hegstat. Hey Dennis, how are you? Doing great. Drinking coffee and uh, excited to be talking to you guys. (laughs) Thanks Dennis for coming on today. Super excited to chat with you. Dennis, can you, I guess for now, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Uh, Yeah, I started doing e-commerce in 2008 when MySpace was cool, Um, and I spent a lot of time on MySpace, probably more than I should have, you know, talking to girls, but also like getting addicted to taking stupid selfies and building up my stats. Then at some point, I had a hundred thousand friends and a couple million profile views, and I'm like, wow, I can sell stuff through this. And so I built a WordPress site with a PayPal checkout and then figured out how to make, you know, my first five figures a month in revenue through MySpace. And then... From that, I kind of decided I wanted to move to Los Angeles. I got more interested in sort of building digital properties, not just, you know, a clothing store, e-commerce site. It was like, how do I build websites and drive traffic? How do I look at the analytics and determine like what's growth and how do I get more of it? Building social media accounts, building apps. Uh, I worked at a startup called Mahalo for an investor called Jason Calacanis. Um, So I kind of got to see the in and outs of what a big startup looked like. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And so... Yeah, I built Twitter accounts up to a couple, you know, eight, nine million followers. Yeah. Use that to sort of drive traffic to e-commerce stores later in, you know, 2015, 2016 again. After that, I started working for Fashion Nova. I did consulting and ran their paid Instagram ads for about seven or eight months in 2017. Um, scaled them up from, you know, low six figures to almost seven figures a month. And then six months later, probably we started building Live Recover and been working on that for the last 18 months. That's crazy. That's cool. I was just reading something where founders like yourself that have worked previously at like a VC startup are more likely to start their own startup because they see that and kind of like, kind of envision that. Is that something that you kind of like, did you think about starting your startup before Mahalo or was that, was that after you worked there? Uh, I had my own startup before I worked at Mahalo. It was yeah. a photo sharing app actually before Instagram launched called YesPix. <laughs> and so I was trying to raise money. So I wanted to be working for a VC who also had a, you know, a funded startup and, he had Elon Musk and Mark Cuban on the yeah. board. They were coming into the office. I'm like, whoa, I get to see, you know, this was before yeah. Elon Musk and Mark Cuban were cool. Yeah. Uh, 2010 or whatever, 2011. Um, and you only were like, really knew who Elon Musk was if you were a nerd, right? So being yeah. in that environment, I'm like, whoa, there's the 80 employees and we have free lunch and breakfast yeah. and, and catering and we have a nap room and we can like play Xbox, you know, if we wanted to. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course, like we had to work, but it was a pretty flexible environment. And it made me think like, wow, I don't necessarily want to build a business that big, really. But it just made me like really want to focus more on that, not just like say e-commerce. It was more yeah. something larger than just e-commerce. <laughs> not vertical specific, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So what what got you the idea of uh, Live Recover specifically? Uh, I would say it was kind of a joint effort, if not like more my co-founder's idea. But whenever I was consulting out at a Fashion Nova, we implemented a tool called Shop Message, which was really new in 2017, late 2017. It was the Facebook 
abandoned cart recovery over messenger. That was a chat bot. It was super simple, but you could, you know, make it do a couple things and it, you know, turned it on at Fashion Nova and it was just printing money. But then after like a month or two, you realize, oh shit, the Facebook account has thousands, if not tens of thousands of messages in the inbox. And because they're going unanswered because it was a chat bot, now you have like a poor rating on Facebook, right? Your relevance score might go down, your reply rate and time will go up. Um, and so, you, and, and maybe half of those customers more maybe had questions, right? So seeing that, I'm like, okay, cool. This is an interesting trend. Like this needs to be managed, right? You need a full customer service team in-house to handle all these messages. Uh, mm -hmm. And so after I stopped consulting with them, four or five months later, I was talking to one of my buddies and I told him about like how much of an impact it was having a Fashion Nova, but the kind of problem there. And he was like, why don't we just do this for text message, but provide the customer service reps? Because of, there are a couple of call center type services where you can call in, right? And most people don't have their own call center. They outsource it to another call center or a service that provides like a call center support on demand, right? And so for lead gen, it's pretty popular. If you're buying mortgage refinancing or auto insurance refinancing, people mm -hmm. will call you. And that's not some people they typically have in house. Uh, those are just technology guys and marketers who are running a bunch of traffic to leads. They're selling the leads to someone else who are calling in yeah. on them closing them, right so that's kind of what we wanted to do over text message um, and we had seen that some competitors like attentive had recently raised that this time they only raised 10 million dollars yeah. or like a year old and we're like oh wow that guy started and sold his last company to twitter this is obviously like a signal of something yeah and he raised another 40 million dollars and then more and more but anyway so then we, we noticed that there was you know the automation already kind of in the in the ecosystem and then specifically on shopify there was sms bump um, and so we were like, cool, I think that there's a market here. Um, and my business partner is the CTO. And he was like, I can build this in like, probably like a month Yeah. Uh, in my part time, like while I'm traveling. And I'm like, perfect. And so I didn't, you know, I just kind of waited until, until that was ready. And then, yeah, we just started getting beta testers. And that was kind of the, the start. It's so interesting because um, I actually have like a, a cleaning company, like we do like maid service. Mm -hmm. And text, we've been using this app called um, ZipWhip. I'm not sure if you heard of it, but basically it's just like a, it's not like an SMS recovery app, but it's like, it allows us to SMS customers. And when we do that, it's just so much easier to talk to them versus calling them or anything. And it's, and we get bookings and recleanings and rebookings that way. And we've been doing this for like three years already. And it's just like, now I'm seeing it a lot more in e-commerce now, similar to your app where it's like, people have these questions, texting is just a quicker way to respond. Right. Do you have someone that's doing messaging too? So that like, people. Yeah. So our company here, we have like over a hundred maids. So we have full-time operations staff that just does texting and calling all day long. So we have people, it's never, it's never automated. Cause like, I don't think the software has any like automation. So we're like, and plus people have cut like, Hey, my, <laughs> apartment, my apartment's 400 square feet. My apartment's 200 square feet. It's way too many variations for us here in New York city. But yeah, we have reps that do that. Yep. Well, my dentist does that with me too. So I'm like, hey, they text me to confirm if I have questions, they respond back. I'm like, whoa, I had to ask them. I'm like, hey, what do you guys use for this service? And they're like, they showed it to me. I'm like, wow, and they blew my mind. I'm like, wow, this company has like 80,000 dentists or something. Yeah. They're all using SMS. I'm like, Jesus, I need to focus on more than just e-commerce. Oh yeah, no, SMS in like for the maid industry, it's massive. Like almost everybody's using SMS now. It's just so much, especially when I, the way I think about it too is like, I guess for us, for calling, we can't call when someone's at work. We got to text them saying, hey, look, we can't get into your apartment. How, how are we going to get in, right? So different use cases, but yeah. Totally, that makes sense. That's cool, congrats. Oh, yeah, the maid. It's my first company after I quit my startup, the startup I was working at. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess for the listeners, um, to understand the full benefit of this, this like SMS in general, and, and just also 
like customer service in general, um, we talk a little about like the bottom of the funnel, how that works in e-commerce or even the middle of the funnel, basically a lot of where this SMS interaction happens and yeah. why it's important. So for the listeners in the bottom of the funnel, this is obviously we have an episode about the funnel levels, but the top of the funnel we'll refer to is people who never heard of your brand before. And then they'll click on an ad or search engine. They'll find your brand. Now they're on your website and they have some questions maybe. Um, there's something preventing them from buying. And a lot of times it's a question. A lot of times they even add to cart, but they abandon their cart or even start to check out, but they abandon that uh, because they have other things. They're, they have some second thoughts or maybe just simply life gets in the way, something happens. In, in D2C marketing, we have a lot of different ways to get them back where it's, we have retargeting paid traffic, but where SMS comes in and even just customer service in general, in the bottom of the funnel where they've added to cart and you have their contact information, even they've submitted their phone number and email, uh, you can follow up with them. And something interesting about Live Recover, I was looking up, uh, you have real humans interacting with them, messaging them just, and not even in a salesy way, just saying, hey, any reason why you didn't finish checking out? Um, can you walk us through that process? Yeah, so I think that there's, you know, like, there's two things, right? You can do automation, which just which is just a reminder. When you're at the bottom of the funnel, when you're about to check out, if you made it to that, right? It's probably because you last minute you had a price question, a price issue, a, maybe the tax or shipping surprised you, or maybe the maybe it is a question that you realize that you had, um, or maybe life got in the way and you forgot, or whatever the case may be. Um, but if you just remind somebody with an automated message and you're like, "Hey, Eric, you had this Nike high top dunk in your cart. Here's ten percent off." That doesn't feel as like nice as someone being like, hey, Eric, I saw you're checking out. No, this is Dennis from Nike. I saw you're checking out the Nike, you know, high top dunks. Great choice. Did you want me to see if I could possibly get you a deal? Like one of those sounds more friendly and not so robotic. And it's more of like asking you a question, which you're more, you know, inclined to answer versus something that's just a broadcast like reminding you. And so if you have a question, you're going to say, yeah, I want the discount, but I also have a question. Right. And so that's what we do uniquely is that we provide live humans so that within a few minutes or less of that response coming back from the customer saying, yeah, I'd love the discount, but I also want to know what the shipping times are or what's the return policy. Or if this is dog food, I couldn't find if it was grain free. Can you tell me if it is right? So then our reps in real time, they're on computers responding to these texts through our chat CMS. And so they go to the website of that, you know, DTC brand and they look up the answer or they refer to our, so we have a shared knowledge base with our brand where they can fill it out. So our reps have that information right in their chat client, instead of having to even load the website and search for the shipping page or whatever, or product information. Um, but that's that's the benefit that we provide is that our reps are there from 8 a.m. in the morning on the East Coast, all the way up until 9 p.m. on the West Coast. Mm, nice. That's really cool. It's great that there's humans behind it because I know like even if you're on a phone call, you get a customer service, the automated thing, you know, you'll go crazy, but even the messenger bots and these, you know, it, customers can get annoyed. So it is really cool that there are humans behind it. How much testing did you do with the messaging, like that angle of the, what kind of different testing did you do of the different psychology of how you approach people in the messaging? So we've done a little bit and a lot, like with the little changes, saw a lot of drastic change in a negative way. So I'll, I'll explain. So we tried Hey, did you have any questions? Did you need any help? Right? Mm -hmm. that, that, or could I answer any questions? Right? Whatever the case may be. If you don't ask for a discount, the reply rate goes down 50%. So mm -hmm. leading with, would you like a discount? Almost everyone wants a discount. Who doesn't? Who does no, unless they're just completely uninterested in the product, right? So 
we have like a 60% reply rate on average. And so I think when you have, we've tested just not offering a discount, we've tested reminders and the reply rate goes down into the 20%. And we're like, okay, wow. uh, but now we're getting to the point where within our product we're working on, it's in our sort of product roadmap is to develop message templating and doing, allowing a little bit of tweaks so that we can sort of do A, B and multivariate testing on the messaging so that like, maybe adding a different smiley face or a different emoji or changing some small things based on that specific brand's voice or how they communicate with their customers could make an impact. So an example, we have this guy, Spencer Pratt, who has a, he was like an MTV guy. And he has a store called Pratt Daddy Crystals <laughs> uh, because his customers know him and someone on his team, right? We made it say like, hey, this is Pratt Daddy and, and his team or whatever, instead of this is Sarah from prattdaddycrystals.com. Right. And his reply rate is significantly higher because it's not more of a generalized template, which works well. But for some brands, they do have a little bit of, of modification. Mm -hmm. um, leading with the discount just definitely, you know, made, made the most sense and data mm -hmm. shows that. But of course, not all brands can offer a discount or they don't mm -hmm. want to be a discount centric brand. So I think for us, those just maybe aren't the best fit for us right now. Uh, mm -hmm. so we'll down, you know, maybe more that can support that stuff. Nice. That's also really cool stuff. Even if it's not an SMS text message, um, just any kind of uh, marketing angle at the bottom of the funnel, whether it's paid traffic or email, that's a really cool insight there. Now, customer service in e-commerce in general. We did some research on this in the past, especially around the Q4 time. It's so busy because people are getting gifts. They're extra. They have a lot of more questions, but you know, making sure things ship in time. What kind of conversion rate changes do you see with the different types of customer service and e-commerce in general? And um, how does SMS play a role in this? Well, I think if you have a question and you use live chat, right? That's prior to getting to the checkout, you might have something in your cart. I think pretty rarely people go to the checkout and then go back to the website and try to talk to a live chat agent. It's typically pre-add the cart or in between adding the cart and the checkout. I think you can do a lot of work there if you have someone who is actually live. Most people don't, right? It's a bot that's like, okay, and then they have a question, they get back to them three hours later. You miss the window. You need to, when people want live, they want live. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't want to slide or like some sort of fake live scenario, right? And so customer service with, in terms of like retention is sort of bottle of, bottom of the funnel recovery, in this case, SMS. A lot of the people have, do want discounts, but I would say almost 50, maybe not 50, more like 30% of our, of our conversations have real questions. Some people just forgot or it was a price issue, but some people, you know, a third probably do really have questions. And those, like I said earlier, could range from the uh, product ingredients, exchanges, shipping times, right? Right now we have tons of, you know, stores that are selling masks. And so people are really curious about where it's coming from. Is it coming from the US or is it coming from China? Is it made in America? Is it, what is the ship times? If it's two to four weeks and it's drop ship, I don't want it. If it's coming from domestic shipping and it's coming in like three to five days or less, I'll, I'll place an order. Oh, you're donating to charity. I want proof that you're donating these masks, mm -hmm. right? Like there is actual concern. And so when you can actually have a conversation with someone and give them, you know, real answers in real time, that's what people want, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we see that people are like, wow, this is amazing customer service. I thought text, you know, I've never had someone text me and this was, a, yeah. this was amazing. Or people who will say, you know, I had a question. I thought this was a bot. This is so cool that it's real. Or I'll buy this if you can prove that you're real, right? Even <laughs> yeah. because people aren't used to <laughs> you know, maybe SMS communication, it's new. But I think, you know, back to what you're asking is customer service makes like the world of a difference. And it's, you know, if, if you ask me, hey, Dennis, you want to get a drink later? 
And then I said, yeah, when and where, expecting that to be like in the next couple hours or less, maybe sooner, yeah. with the destination. And then you respond the next morning, sorry, I was looking for that information. It's going to be, you know, so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm like, well, that was yesterday that I wanted the drink that you, yeah. when you reached out to me. So I think when you're using SMS, when you text your friends, people expect a response in minutes. When you do customer service over email, you don't expect a, a response over email within, within a day. Maybe if you're really on your customer service, you get a same day response. But typically it's like a business day or two. Yep. And that's reasonable. Adidas, Nike, they're not going to give you a response in a day, maybe three. And so I think with text, you have to be really sensitive and you have to use it like text. Mm -hmm. we, we don't think using text and email makes, you know, they're not the same. Don't use, don't treat text like email or just becomes email, right? You need to be human and be on it and use it like you would text your friends. Um, but email has a different expectation and email is still great, right? Like SMS and customer service are all, they're all different channels you can do this on, but um, SMS is new and it's sensitive. Like don't ruin the opportunity by, by abusing it. And so I think doing customer service, which is partially like pre-sales, right? Like both of them sort of lead into hopefully converting a customer. Mm -hmm. But even after the fact, if someone buys over text, they're going to text you back when they have questions. Mm -hmm. So we, we offer post-purchase support, right? So we do, we do, if someone says, hey, I ordered three days ago, where's my order? Our reps pull the link where we texted them the link to check out, which is now turned into a completed order page, confirmation page. And if the, if the brand has uploaded that tracking number, then we can pull the tracking number and we text it right back to the customer. Mm -hmm. So in this case, like we reduce inbound customer support for the brands that we support cart recovery for as well. Because we're sort of the first line of defense of where they go back to since they bought from us or through us. Yeah, and it's, it's so funny that you said that because similar to the maid company, like I didn't even think about it until you said it, but yeah, when the customer is booked through text, they'll come back to us and be like, hey, can I rebook the cleaning for next week again? So that's what <clears> happens a lot. Yeah, so I think that that's like an additional value out of having like people who manage it, right? Even if you have humans that are managing an automated service where it's kind of managed AI, that's cool too. As long as it's real time, like don't have someone who gets back to someone hours later over text. That can that's fine over email, but text I don't think is made is made for that. I'm really glad you brought up that instant reaction, uh, that instant that live response, uh, the quick response because what we're seeing in Q4. We see it a lot in Q4 because it's such a busy time. You need like customer service live 24 seven. So we see brands with really good customer service 24 seven, like actual people, they have much better conversion rates. Um, even if just on the site is your service uh, 24 seven. Um, how does that work? So we only text from eight in the morning until 9 PM for each time zone, because there are sort of rules and regulations around the time that you can do messaging. Um, mm. While we're not what's considered an automated telephone dialing system, which is what our most of our competitors are, and those are subject to what's called TCPA compliance, which is a specific regulatory group under the FCC. And so that is, there's very specific rules on how you gather someone's phone number, how they opt in, with the checkbox, but we're not using any automation and everything is done by a human. So we're not classified as what's called an ATDS and we're not subject mm. to CPA compliance. Although we still, you know, we want customers that have intent of giving their phone number to us to get marketing, not, or get a, a cart recovery message, not putting their phone number in and not knowing why they got a message, right? That's not beneficial for us or our customers. So that's definitely not the point. Quiet period is at 9 p.m. until 8 in the morning. All so right. from that, just like you don't want robocalls, right? No one's calling you at one in the morning saying, hey, do you want this insurance plan? This is a healthcare, you know, so-and-so, yeah. Like it's from certain times of the day. So that's, 
that we basically go by those rules because that's ex expected kind of, and it's just common courtesy, right? No one wants a text message at five and 12. Fair enough. <laughs> but we only do that and we support the United States and Canada, just those two countries for now, just because of international is more expensive for, for cost per text messaging and there's different data and compliance laws and all of them. And then once you start going outside of English speaking countries, you need to hire reps who can speak other languages and do local language optimization. And that's like, yep. that's a whole different beast. And so we're like, all right, maybe we can build a $10 million a year business in the US and English speaking countries first, and then we can worry about, about other, other regions. Nice. Shifting gears a little, I mentioned um, how people get frustrated when they talk to robots on the internet, but maybe it's helpful for certain things because it's like an instant reply depending on the topic. Um, what are kind of the, the pros and cons of having a real person in your customer support versus an automated bot or flow? And also, if you have any metrics like conversion rate improvements for certain situations, let me know. Cool. So I think that... <clears throat> Like I don't hate automation and I don't have anything against it. I just think that there's a time and place. And so for, for texting, right? If you have a big list and you're creating or you're collecting an SMS list on your homepage to a pop-up or some interstitial, whatever, and product page, doesn't matter where, and you have a list of a hundred thousand people, right? You don't need humans to send out a hundred thousand messages that are pretty much the exact same message, right? You want a system that just blasts out a hundred thousand texts and, and then boom, but what happens when those people reply to those texts? That's the next part. And that's where you need human because they're going to have questions. If they don't, if they don't have any questions, yeah, automate that. If they say, yeah, I want a coupon and you can ingest that data and know that yes means just send a coupon back with a link to checkout, do it. But after that, what happens? If someone says yes, but okay, if you know that the next scenario where someone has a question is, and they have a real question, don't wait hours. You have to do it in minutes. That's what texting is for. So I think that you have, they go hand in hand at some capacity, unless you're doing what we do, where we manage the service for you. And we've just built pretty efficient technology. And we have a lot of texting agents who are just managing it for, you know, thousand stores. Right. So mm -hmm. I think if you have that in-house resource, if you're a big company and you have 10 people that are doing customer service in-house, you might, you might not need you know, a service like ours, automation might be better for you. Just put one CS rep who has the technology to integrate with your SMS and be able to reply on top of that automation tool and say, Hey, I can see when people are responding, they're going to have to manage it all day. Right. And hopefully they can be, hopefully you have at least two who can manage all those time zones because that's a, a lot of time. Yeah. There is a time and place for both, but I think that one leads to the other. You use the automation to get as many people in and then hopefully they convert because they didn't have questions and they just needed a reminder or they were excited about your offer that you sent them. And that's great because if you convert them right away, boom, awesome. But if they have questions, put a human there. I, mm -hmm. I just think that, that's kind of my thought. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, and can, you asked about conversion rate data. Uh, oh. I don't, because we don't have, um, like we don't do automation. We don't really talk to probably i mean i see some blog posts here and there on twitter and, and mm -hmm. maybe linkedin and stuff but i haven't really looked at what sort of like stats that any of our competitors have from their customers because mm -hmm. we're just kind of focused on you know what what we do but from people who have transitioned from using automation to us or who use both we have a lot of clients that use attentive or postscript for their campaigns and then use live recover for their cart recovery because they're like you one you don't offer campaigns and two you since you don't have to collect phone numbers the same way and you, and you have live humans managing the text, you recover way more carts than these other solutions. So we're like, cool, great. We're like, there's synergy. We can, you can use both of us. 
there's people who, you know, maybe get eight to 10% conversion rate with the bot and then see 20 to 30% recovery rates with the human, right? So even if, you know, our cost is a little bit more of a premium because we take a commission of revenue from our customers that we manage the, or from revenue that we recover on behalf of our client stores, not just a charge per text, we cover the cost of the text, but, you know, it makes up for itself in the added benefit of having, you know, significantly more sales recovered and, or the fact that when people come back and have questions that we're handling the customer service for the sales that we recovered. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's a pretty good, yeah. I think the, the improved benefit is after they come back. Cause I think if you're managing that, it's just such a, a customer service, you're, you're taking off the headache from the other reps that they might have in their team. Right. It's not to say that we like fully, you know, can yeah. come back because we can't handle refunds or anything like that but if there's updates or they have a question of where their stuff is or they have a question you know i can't find the email whatever we're there to at least make sure they get an answer because also we've already recovered that sale so at this point we're just eating costs anyway we don't want your customer just yeah us over and over and over again we want to resolve it but we also don't want to pay for text after that yeah something that you know it's on the top of every brand owner's mind we talk to and of course the listeners any everyone in e-commerce and d2c is thinking about this but how are you and other marketing tech brands pivoting during COVID-19 and you know, how is this impacting, you know, live recover, especially? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely something everyone's talking about. I, I seem like, like unable to stop looking at Trump's speeches and all these things going on. I'm like, I've never watched any of this crap before, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, I mean, for us, we've got, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've had more churn of people saying there's no issue with the product, but we're just like cutting back on expenses and pausing for now. Um, so we've seen a little more churn than usual, but we've seen a lot more growth. So it's a net positive scenario where we're like, whoa, like the churn is minimal compared to the you know added growth. And a lot of our stores are just getting a lot more traffic. Some are getting less, right? It depends on the vertical. I mean, we're seeing a lot of brands also just quickly pivot into selling masks, even if they're like luxury streetwear brands or they sell, you know, I don't know infant clothing to little, you know, moms with four-year-old daughters that they dress up or whatever, they're all making masks, you know, hand sanitizers on face mask brands and all mm-hmm. this, that. So all this is in driving a lot more revenue. So we're actually making a lot more money, but there are some customers who are pausing because not as many people are maybe buying jewelry or sunglasses right now, or, you know, things that they don't need because they're not able to go outside uh, or whatever. They're not able to go out socially. So, um, you know, less people are buying probably hangover shots or like things that yeah. they do out of the bar. But overall, it's been, it's been good for us. We have been offering some discounts to some new customers who are like on the edge of wanting to use us. And that's almost an expectation, right? Everyone's asking for discounts and we're asking for discounts for our data providers, right? Hey, COVID's tough, but we're at the end of the day, business is up. So is it yeah. just, we're asking because we're expecting to be entitled to ask for a discount. That's almost the scenario, but, mm-hmm. uh, so we're trying to be sensitive about it. Do we just all of a sudden start giving discounts to everyone? Because that's not what we want to do either. We want to be like, this is our pricing model. Take it or leave it. If not, you know, we'll be here when you want. But yeah, we have given a few discounts to some customers and, and also asked for discounts too. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, no, I know Slack has something like COVID at slack.com and then you can get uh, your Slack credits there so you can pay less for Slack. <laughs> so Great, just... I'm going to do it right now. I'm on Slack. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone posted like on on Twitter that they got like a thousand dollars. I was like, Whoa, that's a lot of money for like 10 months. Um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. You mentioned that though, cause we are seeing a lot of website traffic, but a lot of window shopping, especially in the, like the kind of second half of March, it's kind of improved, but we see a lot of 
people, they go to the website, maybe they add to cart. They kind of, a lot of people use the add to cart as like a save for later button, or they just, we're seeing a lot of delayed attribution because people were buying, were window shopping earlier, but 28 days later they're buying. But so yeah, I'm wondering cart abandonment, checkout abandonment sequences can do really well right now. We're seeing a lot of brands with cart abandonment email flows do well, and then win back and, and a lot of retention in the email is doing really well too. So I was thinking, you know, I was wondering how uh, this SMS live recover is also doing, how's the performance doing for brands? Well, so we don't do any automation, right? So we don't have any flows or, or drip campaigns. So after our initial message, hey, you know, hey, Eric, hey, Kevin, this is Dennis from Live Recover. I saw you're checking out our site. Great choice. Did you want me to get you a free trial, right? If you don't respond to that, we just put you on a do not contact list and we don't talk to you again. Um, but that's where we hope that you have a marketing stack. You have email, you have retargeting, you have display retargeting, you have probably a sophisticated or hopefully a sophisticated email sequence that might go back you know, seven, 14, 30 days. Mm -hmm. uh, that's like our philosophy. Like that's what I was saying earlier. Our philosophy is just treat text like text, not like email. And, you know, imagine that one of your friends is like, Hey, do you want to hang out? Mm -hmm. You don't respond or a girl. Yep. She sends you another question mark the next day and then the <laughs> next day and then a week later and then a month later. Mm -hmm. You're like, stop texting me. Yep. I would have responded the first time if I wanted to. Yeah. Now you're that annoying friend. You're going to become that annoying brand much faster. Automation is great, but I think email is probably best for that. And if you do that with text, I'm not saying it's not successful, but you might annoy that customer a lot more than you may have won them back. Maybe that's not true, um, but I think you will. Yeah, will. yeah. I think with texting, yeah, I think with texting, like you're going to annoy them quicker than than email. I think. You no, know, you have an expectation. Like yeah. I signed your email. I don't unsubscribe for a year. So keep yeah, emails. It's fine. I probably yeah. you have data that shows that. Yeah. I think with email, email, like I'll, it's in there. I click on it. I'm like, ah, oh, sometimes I'm like, oh, it's interesting. And I click on it and then I go back after and then I don't read it again. And then I'm per perfectly fine or just archive. But with texting, it's like, I'm like, stop texting. Yeah, we see this too. Like a lot of these car brands subscribe and you know, they're pretty aggressive. That's a fun business model too. These uh, subscribe, like you buy a ticket, like a raffle ticket basically to win a car. Such a crazy business model. But yeah, cool. see, I get so many of those texts lately. It's so crazy. I don't even remember how I signed up for them, but it's yeah. So you were saying that I do think that you know, with people window shopping, email is probably amazing for that. Text probably because it's a new channel, it's bound to win. But you also have to measure how much did I cannibalize my email recovery by doing SMS, treating it like email. When you can easily recover carts and you can put it on like a one day recovery one day attribution because you just texted them within 30 minutes, right? It's not going to happen necessarily a month later. That's rare. But when you're mm -hmm. texting them a month later, of course, that's off. That's an opportunity. So I think you also have to, it's a lot more reconciliation you got to do to determine how much should we take away from email by sending them text 30 days out. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, they, they could both. Yeah. Yeah. It's not doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and SMS in general is something we want to get into so much more. And it's one of the reasons we reached out and realized, oh, we can contact because SMS is such a cool channel. We were just talking to an agency owner yesterday. Do, they do a lot of SMS and they say they're getting like 60x returns on something. So it's such a really good, uh, if you can really test it and figure it out, it can be such a powerful platform in general for marketers. And then live recover. Uh, yeah, this card abandonment, this looks really cool. It, it it has like a customer. I love the customer service aspect that it seems to have. One final question, and you know, Kevin can jump in here. It's a general e-commerce question, but 
you know, what are some apps for e-commerce and Shopify brands that they must try and why? Like, and what apps pair really well with Live Recovery? I think Carthook is is awesome. Uh, the CEO Jordan's a smart guy. He's really cool. I like what they're doing over there. I've been a customer and a lot of our customers have a, we have an integration with Carthook, Recharge, uh, a couple other other integrations for Shopify, mm-hmm. but in Carthook and one-click upsell, if you're running a mm-hmm. brand and you want to get added average order value and post-purchase upsells, you, you need to try it out at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're doing a subscription business, I mean, Recharge is, is the best at it for Shopify. I don't think that they're great, but they're the best at it because there's not that many options. You know, I think for social proof, like, FOMO is a great app that does sort of pop-ups that lets you know, hey, someone was someone just bought this in Oklahoma two minutes ago, right? Mm-hmm. Shows a product, shows a their first name, anonymized, but their first name and some you know avatar of a male or a female or whatever. I think FOMO is kind of a necessity, and it's not very expensive. It's like a couple bucks a month, depending on how many you know users you have or visitors. Clavio, if you're doing advanced emails, probably the go-to. I mean, they have an SMS service. Don't use theirs; use ours. But they uh, they have you know, the most sophisticated email system for, for Shopify and probably support every other platform. So for just direct to consumer brands in general, Clavio is awesome. I mean, Shoelace for retargeting has some pretty cool stuff that you can do. I'm trying to think there's a few others. I haven't run my own stores in, in quite some time. So maybe, you know, maybe uh, for the listeners, yeah, yeah, maybe for the listeners listening, what, uh, cart, what is cart hook and why does that pair well? Uh, what does that do and why does it pair well with live recover? So if you go to Shopify and you want to buy something, uh, say it's a pair of shoes and you check out and it's 60 bucks and you're like, man, if I could just make like eight more bucks per order, I'd be making a profit or I'd be making significant profits that I could grow my business, right? Instead of just raising the price, why not sell a pair of shoelaces? Why not sell a pair of shoe cleaner? Both, right? And so if you buy something or if you're about to buy something on Shopify, as soon as you put your credit card in and hit purchase, it completes that transaction. But with Carthook, it makes a custom checkout for Shopify where they sort of have their own checkout. You can put in your credit card information, say you'd like to buy something, but instead of completing the order, it puts a, a pending authorization and a hold on the card for the full charge of that, of that order. But then it asks you, hey, would you like to add a pair of shoelaces and or shoe cleaner or whatever? And then if you say yes, it just somehow appends that value to the new transaction or it makes a brand new transaction with the page still open so that it's just one checkout with this with one transaction one line item on your credit card and you can get all those products whereas with shopify if you try to upsell someone you typically have to send them an email or redirect them after they're on the on the order page and if they want to do upsells through the native shopify checkout they have to re-enter their credit card information again and it's a separate transaction so it's not as seamless and so cardhook is probably the best one for this Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they they have a fair price. I mean, some stores add millions a year yeah. in upsells just by adding cart hook. Um, and we integrate with cart hook too. So when we, when people abandon on a cart hook checkout page, live recover can text them and bring them back to cart hook. So we, we definitely, you know, not even from a partnership standpoint, they just have a really good product. Yeah, no, and, and, integrate with them. Yeah. And like something what you said is it's so important to do that. I think, I think a lot of companies need to be doing more post-purchase upsells. And obviously, I think the main component that does this is like companies like Stripe really make this possible with that authorization that you're saying. And this is funny because like I was telling you before, I have the made company. We've been like the software that we use for the made company has been able to do this for a long time. So we'll put an authorization for like two hours of like home cleaning for like 180 bucks. And then we'll upsell like 
other stuff like deep cleaning, another additional hour. And then since we have that credit card already there, we just add that charge and then we just make an extra like 200 bucks. Yeah. And it's a great way to make more money. And yeah, we've been doing that for the maid company. It's sort of a lot of like most of the, if you look at our revenue breakdown, most of the revenue comes from like these upsells that you do when you're on, on, on the job site, essentially. Yeah, no, it makes sense. There's other apps too, right? For reviews, yeah. I think there's some cool review apps. I'm not sure. What I think like Yatpo is the biggest one right now or something Yatpo like that, but they're super expensive. It is expensive. Bizarre Voice is pretty good too. I would see other sites like Trustpilot. Are they like as good? Like, I don't know. I would see Trustpilot or like, yeah, it's like. I think these... reviews are cool. I think reviews are, you have to incentivize people to leave positive re- reviews. Yep. Just inherently, you not, you don't want to go leave a positive review. You had a good experience. You're not, you don't care. But yeah. when you're you have something to say. And yep. so reviews always skew negative. So I think making a, a review platform that's really focused on being able to like incentivize people come back and then and to leave a positive review and give them something like a coupon yeah. ordering or whatever mm-hmm. and then being able to highlight that in a smart way i'm not saying hide the negative reviews but yeah. make sure that because most reviews that are coming in might you might have more more negative than positive but you yeah need to, you need to make it a little bit fair i'm not saying mm-hmm. yeah and, you know, and like and it's funny because like let's say one of the like i'm not saying any review platform but like if you're a review platform and you're you're getting customers a lot of negative reviews the person will be like oh, actually i don't want your app anymore let me uninstall you so it's like it's such a trade-off to be able to help the merchant yeah. generate positive reviews yeah. and that's something that i've thought about honestly i'm surprised if this hasn't happened yet but we had an idea about making an sms review platform where you text someone and they just give you the review right over text and yep. instead of having to sign up go back to the website we just push that data directly that. into the reviews and then boom that's it you could have sent yeah. a video a picture of your, your feedback and then you just approve or deny it why has no one just made it that easy i don't want that- to that would be much easier, especially because especially because we all know that UGC content is such exactly. great. And you can turn it into UGC. Hey, would you mind yeah. giving us a positive review, right? So even on the offense, it's yeah. become a positive UGC generator more yeah. so than just a review. That's really yeah. cool. You can have them straight up say in the text, just turn your camera on, do a selfie review video, send that right in the message. And right. that, we'll, like, send it, a, we'll send you a discount or a rebate yeah. or whatever. Yeah, that could be really cool. Yeah, someone listening can make that app and then integrate with uh, yeah, Live Recovery. If you, make that, if you make that app, I'll invest in it. That's all the questions I have. This has been really, really cool. Um, I guess just a couple other questions um, that came to my mind as I'm learning more about you uh, from talking to you. So, I mean, you helped Fashion Nova grow from low low six figures to millions a month. Um, in spend. <laughs> in spend? Uh, oh, <laughs> in yeah, they were too, doing oh. 10 million, tens of millions a week in revenue or whatever when mm-hmm. I was there. Uh, but just in spend, yeah. They, they had an agency that was doing six figures, low six figures a month in spend. I basically said, I'll, I'll do the same fees. I'll give you a way bigger discount and I'll I'll spend 10X or five or six X, right? And so uh, I did that while running my own e-com stores, which is kind of what got me in the door. Uh, one of my friends, Dan Snow, introduced me to the owner of Fashion Nova. Mm-hmm. And the owner of Fashion Nova, when we went to his house, he had one of my e-com products at his house. He was researching face masks and he had one of my my... It was a black charcoal mask, but I wasn't drop shipping them. I had inventory in, in a center in Florida and he was researching like, wow, these, these masks are doing crazy revenue. And I'll, I mean, not crazy, but you know, half a million a month say, and he had one of my products there. And so he was like, Hey, you want to come run ads for me? And I'm like, maybe if you paid me enough, <laughs> yeah. so that was, yeah. Anyway, I just want to clarify. I definitely didn't take them from, from hundreds, from six figures to millions. They're already doing millions a day. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. And, and those those masks. This is obviously well before the COVID situation, too. This was in 2016, yeah. Oh wow, that's real OG. Mid to late 2016, whenever uh, 
yeah, anti-gravity phones and black charcoal peel-off masks were. Oh, you right. that was so early on oh, in those the days. Oh, yeah. Those days, yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was running a lot of influencer traffic in Facebook. Oh, oh! You mean face masks like the cosmetic thing? Yeah, they're yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Face, I thought the black charcoal peel off mask. Yeah, they're okay. like uh, they're yeah, like a cosmetic. Are you, are you still seeing like I remember back in the day like uh, influencer shout out posts are working well, well for sales? Is that still work now or kind of? It does, really, but you yeah. can't put it. But depends on the product, right? Like yeah. a lot of drop shipping is people are getting smarter. Consumers yeah. know they they know they get scammed off of sites that are not website it's just a product page with barely any information no additional pages nothing it's like you didn't even take any effort into making this look legit so yeah before you could spend you know buy a shout out on world star hip-hop and yeah two or three grand on a shout out and make 30k but those days are probably gone now and most of the people who are seeing success still happens you can still yeah it's just you know influencers more so than like meme accounts and parody pages because those have kind of exhausted their audiences by spamming ads all spamming the time. so many you want an influencer to be aligned with your brand right and make content yeah. with you or for your brand it's always going to work better but if you have a viral product like right now i'm sure you could sell face masks and hand sanitizer by just providing content and not needing them to take a video of them using the hand sanitizer right but that's more situational and not as you know it's not a thing that's going to last right i mean mm -hmm. for a couple months but uh, but yeah, influencer shoutouts could still work. I just they don't work as as you know as well as when they were brand new. Now, do you think that's just on the certain platforms like Instagram and that, or maybe on TikTok it's worth? A oh, I mean, I'm sure. It, yeah, with volume on TikTok and Snapchat, you can still do it and make it work. Mm -hmm. I just think that a long term, like your brand strategy is probably more aligned with you know it makes sense mm -hmm. to have people make content with your brand using mm -hmm. being able to reuse that content for ads. Right, if you're going to pay someone to post on their account you may as well pay them to make a video and then use that video for your ads in the future oh, or ask sure. them if you can run ads on their account. Yeah. Right? Hey, can I retarget your audience with mm -hmm. the content that you, that I paid you to make? I'm going to spend, I'm going to pay you $5,000 to make a video for my brand. And then I'm going to spend 10 grand to promote it on your own account. So your mm -hmm. account's going to grow and more people will see it. So hopefully my, you know, my content's amplified. You're not going to be able to do that with providing someone like a banner and just say, Hey, can you post this and then delete it tomorrow? Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Nice. Because you want to reuse that content, right? Yeah, you want to reuse it, well. yeah. it more than once. All right. Now, do you have any questions for us or how Void Media works or anything? What well, yeah. Well, so, so, so shout out Void Media. Like, what's, what, are you guys hiring? Are you guys looking for more clients? What's the, what's the scoop? No, I mean, we're always looking for more clients, a lot of e-commerce stuff, but I mean, for us, at least right now, we're actually working on our own like Shopify app there. We're, I just submitted to the app store today. We're working on something called like metrics box where it basically, what were the point of it is it's, it's kind of like a better way to view your Shopify analytics, basically help you see with your cost of goods, see your ROAS, see your ad spend, pulling your Google ads data, pulling your Facebook ads data and sort of really figuring out what products you're selling and then kind of maybe try to see which products you can pair together basically like my, my, my background is like programming. So I always think that like we do a lot of Shopify. So we want to be able to sort of work with more Shopify clients. So if we have an app, we can sort of uh, tell them, Hey, this is how we're going to see the data and how we're going to help you sort of scale your products or at least see things that, you know, maybe we don't see in Shopify, but we're still working on that and we're submitting it to the app store today and Shopify already rejected it saying, I can't, we can't connect to your OAuth. So we're just like, oh, okay, let's see what's it's metrics box. Oh, metrics. Yeah, go yeah. go install metrics box on the shop. Yeah, by the time this is up. Yeah, on. yeah. So we already got first rejection from App Store. Like, oh, it's gonna take forever to it's like get approved. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's it. That's all about about Boy Media. You know, just marketing, Facebook ads.
Okay, cool. Uh, Dennis, it was great. It was great having you on here. Thanks for coming on. Like, where can somebody go and sort of like learn more about you? Maybe go to your Twitter. I know you're active on Twitter or even just go check out your apps. Yeah. Twitter.com slash Dennis Hegstad. I'm either posting about e-commerce and direct to consumer and texting or I'm complaining about some brand. Uh, So you can go join in on the fun. Maybe some memes. Uh, Aside from that, yeah, logrecover.com is where our app lives. Um, It's the only app that we're focused on right now. So those are the only two places that I'm really active is like my website and Twitter. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, Dennis, great having you on the podcast today. Uh, thanks. Thank you so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. All right, thanks. Yeah, Bye. Thank you, guys. Later, man. This week's episode of Digital Marketing Fastlane was brought to you by the performance marketing experts at Voy Media. Join us again next time as we'll be bringing you more tips, techniques, and know-how to make your online business the very best that it can be. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, we'd love to hear them on Twitter at Voy Media. Thank you.